0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, welcome to our very first edition of Inside the A's. This is going to be a look at some of the people that work for this great organization and they make everything happen. And when I thought about the first person that we should interview it's somebody that's been no doubt a big part of the A's family for a very long time. He's been a dear friend for a long time, and a lot of you fans know him. That was the one thing about who are we going to do first. We want to do somebody inside the A's that you truly know. And I think of David Rennetti as such a big part of the athletics, the vice president of State stadium operations. What a great idea to have him be our first guest for this my friend, welcome to the program, and I knew you'd be ideal to be the first guy out of the shoe.
1: I am very, very honored to be uh, doing this for the first time. I'm I'm ecstatic to be a part of this.
0: You know, I think about your commitment to the organization. What, 42 years you've been doing this?
1: Yeah, it, uh, it was um, April of 1981 when I started. I was a junior in high school at Bishop O'Dowd High up the hill here. And I worked opening night and we were just coming back from a, uh, a road trip where we won every single game on the road trip. And uh, we played the Mariners that night. And I think we won something like 10 to one or eight to nine. I don't know. It was, it was a high score game uh, that the A's won. The place was packed. Uh, I was passing out. I was working for the, um, for the giveaway crew. I was passing out a, um, a newspaper that was the sporting green and it had Billy Martin on the front of the sporting green cover. And we were, we were passing that out to fans as they came in. So that's when I started 1981.
0: You know, I was thinking about this last hall of fame class and how special it was. And, and, and I talked about how, you know, normally these hall of fame classes, it's always about the X players, right? This guy won X amount of world series and MVPs oh. and all this kind of stuff. But we had two guys in this Hall of Fame class who are just basically A's family. When you think of Steve Vucinich and you think about Keith Lipman and for both these guys, over 50 years of service to this organization, to the community, to the city of Oakland, what they have done. And watching it, and always there's one constant, you. You're always on the field. You're always on the walkie-talkie. And I thought, you know, while you were watching this, and watching these guys get honored at any point, do you think about yourself? Because you're, you're, you're 10 plus years away from them, but you're in that same kind of line like them. When you start talking about your entire life, you've worked for one organization.
1: I I know that it's not common because I talk to people every day about how long I've been here. And I just remember coming in that I looked up to guys like Steve and I didn't get to know Keith until a little bit later, but, Uh, just, uh, I mean, I was so, uh, honored to know and work with both of those guys, uh, over the time, but yeah, of course I'm on the field going, yeah, I've always been kind of on the scene here, but I don't look at it. I'm not, I mean, I've never thrown out a first pitch and, um, I always, I kind of like to be under the radar myself, but I do look at it and go, you know what? It's a pretty incredible achievement for both of them. And, and I know that I'm on that, on that path that, uh, and hopefully I'll get there as well to get 50-plus uh, years in. Um, but I, I'm just going to take it year by year, day by day. But, uh, but I'm definitely honored to be a part of those, those times with these guys.
0: Well, you know, I think about how much responsibility you have. And how humble you are. You've always been very humble. So I understand the behind the scenes. But people need to understand, you know, they may not know who you are until the light tower goes out. And then all of a sudden, uh, you become the most important guy in town, right? It's like you got to deal with all this stuff. So if, if someone was to come up and meet you for the first time and they said, oh, nice to meet you, Dave. Great, great, great. Oh, what exactly do you do? So what would your answer be? What exactly do you
1: do? I would say that, uh, I've got my hands in just about every part of this, uh, this uh, experience out here at the ballpark. So, um, what I do is I oversee operations for ace baseball games and that entails a lot. I get to know a ton of people. I get to work with a ton of people. And, uh, but I, uh, People come to me all the time about every issue that happens in the stadium. It could be uh, a loose seat. It could be an issue in a restroom. It could be a security issue. It could be someone telling me how great a time they're having at the game. Uh, so I'm, uh, I just have, my, I have myself in the middle of everything, but I also have myself accessible to everybody to, to be a part of the whole thing and, and with the goal to provide the very best experience for our fans out here. You know, this year, we've had some ups and downs, but at the end of the day, the people that come out to the ballpark still love being here, and you see the faces as they come and leave that they're all happy when they're here. So that's the goal. That's the goal that I continue to have here.
0: Well, and I can take people behind the scenes. It's just not a job that you're doing uh, every once in a while or you're just doing 9 to 5. He, I've actually watched you do business globally on a bus in Tokyo, Japan. <laughs> uh, if people remember when we started to remodel the Coliseum, the Raiders are gone. So we're, you know, we're doing the, you know, the Bud Light Terrace and we're doing all these kinds of different things at the stadium. You were making sure all of construction was going on. We're all partying in Tokyo and here you are and you're writing emails and everything and you're halfway across the world. So people need to know that you're working on this stadium year round all the time. And even when you're out of the country.
1: Well, that's the, uh, that's the one, that's the greatness of having a cell phone and having connectivity anywhere you can be, because like I said, I'm accessible. So, uh, I, I, on that trip, I was I was actually kind of thinking about maybe I shouldn't go, because um, there was so much going on here. But I fully trust my staff, and I fully trust my contractors that I knew during that time. As long as I could touch base with them at the right time each day, because you know we have the time change difference. But uh, I knew that I could. I could still be a part of it and still get things done while being over there. And and yeah, I did party too, by the way, when I was in Tokyo, (laughs) I had a good time as well. So, so what people also need to understand, it's just not baseball.
0: We have other events, whether it's concerts, it's motocross, it's monster trucks. Talk about how the responsibility is also away from just baseball.
1: Well, you know, it's obviously changed after the Raiders left here, but I mean, we, you know, we share this building, we share the field with the facility, and there will be times when there will be other events, uh, sometimes during the season. Uh, as a matter of fact, next month there's a Bad Bunny concert, I think it's on the 14th of September, and uh, in which I have to coordinate and I have to work with the facility to make sure that the stadium is ready for them, for their event, and then put back in place for us, for our event. Uh, in the off-season, you know, we're done with our games, usually in October, And, uh, then there's that gap where at the, you know, from October, uh, when we, our season ends until, uh, the season starts up again in usually late mid to late March that we're not doing anything in the, in the stadium and they'll have, uh, they'll have a monster truck or they'll have a, uh, um, they'll have a motocross, um, event, but then we, uh, we have to always put the field back in as well. So, so, uh. There's a lot of coordination, a lot of communication I have with the facility. I actually have every two weeks I have a call with their management just to kind of go over things that we share together and work together on. So, yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of things. It's not just baseball, but since the Raiders left, it's it's a lot more baseball than other things.
0: And ever since the A's got involved in and in, in owning part of the Coliseum land, which also is Oracle, well, we call it Oakland Arena now, I guess.
1: A lot of people remember as Oracle. Uh, how much do you deal with the arena? At, at this point, it's still pretty much the same as it was uh, prior to uh, the purchase of us uh, of us having it. So it's still it's still actually uh, handled by the uh, the management. Uh, uh, group that's on on uh, on site here, so that I don't I don't really get involved, uh, nor does my team at this point with anything in the arena. Just in conjunction with when we have dual events on A's games, where we have to work together to figure out how we get people in and out of here, and and how we share resources, that kind of thing.
0: Is the old Warrior floor still there? M-
1: my understanding is they took it uh, over to Chase. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure they took it over to chase with them.
0: I've heard, Um, I've heard rumors. It's still there. It's like, can we piss, can we piece that thing back up and start taking some threes? (laughs) How great would that have an A's event, a three point contest? How great would that be?
1: I will tell you that in my, uh, in my previous years going way back, uh, there would be some times during the latter part of April, typically, or uh, when we were still both playing at the same time of the year, where I would sneak over there. I made sure I had tennis shoes because I would never want to disrespect the floor with uh dress shoes, but I'd go over there and shoot some hoops every so often during a game back in the day.
0: Renetti for three. It's good. I would try
1: and shoot as far as I could. <laughs> and I'd make one out of, you know, 50, but uh, from like way beyond the three point, but I'd make it every so often. When you think about all of the eras of
0: A's baseball, as you talk, Billy Martin, which then led into one of the greatest eras in, in you know, for, for in my lifetime, when you talk about the late 80s and Tony La Russa and three straight World Series, uh, the World Series championship, of course, you have the ring from 1989. And then you start getting into the 2000s and Billy Bean and beyond to where we are today. Just what has that been like for you to be a part of all this history and you've
1: seen and lived this timeline? It's um, the great thing about baseball is that there's always hope for the future. So even though in your bad times or difficult times, you know, that there's going to be a point where things are going to turn around for you. So I kind of seen that through my whole career and I'll, and I'll go back before I worked for the A's. I grew up in Oakland and I was a, uh, I was a grammar school. I think I was the second grader when the A's won the world series in 72 and then three and four. So there was a, you know, there was a, that that was a base for me to be an A's fan. And then I had the opportunity in 1981 to come work for the A's and then we went we went to the playoffs that year and it was magical out here. Uh I first year working here, we go to the playoffs, uh we beat the Kansas City Royals in a uh it was a division series uh shortened season due, due to the strike but we won that uh, series and then we went to play the Yankees. We didn't win that uh, but then you know, we had, we had a lull of time and then we had that incredible run, uh, starting in 1988 where we went to the world series again, three years in a row. And what a great team that was and you, you absorbed it and you loved it and great, great times all the way through to 1992. And then, you know, there was another lull and then the next group of guys came, which was another incredible time, uh, where you had the, uh, you know, the Giambis and the Chavez's and the Hudson Molder Zito and Tejada, and another, just another great run. And you didn't expect it. You know, if you go back in 1985, you never knew that you were going to get Conseco and Maguire and all those guys coming. And uh, so we had that another incredible run. And then that run ended. And then you're like, okay, what's next? And you're like, okay, here we go in 2012, out of nowhere. We get this incredible team and we were supposed to lose a hundred games. And we had in my you know in my whole time here, my favorite season of all time, 2012. We won it on the last game of the season at home. No one expected us to be there. Just an incredible time. And uh we had that run for a few years. And then we then when the next run came with the uh you know recently with Chapman and Olsen and and that crew. So 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 the good thing is that you know if I were to pick one time frame that was the best or the most memorable, it had to be the time when I worked here when uh, when we had Kinsale Maguire, Stu Eck, Ricky. That was that was because I was just a young twenty-five-year-old wearing a World Series ring and just enjoying all this. But 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 you know that you have the hope that this is going to come back again. So. Uh, I never give up. I know that there's a lull right now, but I know that our our guys in baseball put together great teams and we'll have future great teams coming our way.
0: You know, ever since I've been out of the treehouse because of COVID and I've been doing a lot of shows back in the press box and I've really been observing the stuff going on below me, you know, because usually I'm on the field of the treehouse. I don't see stuff. You're in the stands a lot. And I know that the people in left field and right field and behind home plate and season ticket holders, you, you have a relationship with the fans. Now, obviously, you know, year after year that changes. So just talk about you know ever since you started doing this job you've met so many different people you interact with so many different fans and i'm sure you've got friends lifelong friends always new fan, new friends coming in just talk about what it's been like all these years your relationship with the A's fan base
1: well i know i don't know how many i know but i know i mean i know hundreds of them out there and uh and I hear from hundreds of them during the baseball season. And a game like the uh, the game on Saturday against the Giants that we just had, I get worn out because I've got people all over the stadium, and they'll text me and say, "Hey, Renetti, will you come up and see me? Renetti, will you come up and see me?" <laughs> I went from the East Side Club Suites over to someone's over in the uh, the Budweiser uh, the Budweiser Hero Deck over to the Terrace seats up to another suite. So I think I did, I think I did 12 miles on that day, just visiting people, but, but I love talking to them and, um, but they're all over the place, but there are some that I see, you know, regularly, but you know, people that come out a couple times a year that know me, I, they, they text me and I go by and visit them. So I like to talk to the people. I like to, uh, I like to be out there and, um, you know, I, like I said earlier, I like to be accessible to people, so it's it's great for me, and I and I know they enjoy it as well.
0: You know, there's always the stuff that you love about your job, and then there's the stuff. I mean, you're dealing with a stadium, and, and it's an older stadium, so there's there's issues. What has been the one thing? I mean, the one thing I could think of, I remember the light tower goes out, and oh my god, Mike Fires ends up throwing a no hitter. Oh. I mean, that was insane. We you're down there with the Reds trying to decide, are we gonna play this game? What's the biggest thing that you've had to fix to make a baseball game, whatever event, happen?
1: I mean, you know, on any given day it's uh, there's challenges that could come my way. Um it's just to get things, to just keep things going to the best of our ability. That's, that's really what it is. I can't say that there's a, I mean, obviously having lights is very important. Um, <laughs> making sure that the, uh, you know, the, sometimes we might have an issue with, uh, some, some, uh, some field, uh, irrigation issues. We, you know, we'd have to take care of those issues. Um, but, uh, overall, I'm just kind of trying to, uh, to just fix things as they come up and things do happen, but I work together with the crew here to try and do what we can to keep things going and what I'll continue to do. But yes, we have an old stadium. Yes. There's uh, things that need to be repaired often. And we just, we just do what we got to do to, to make sure that those things are done.
0: You know, I have people ask me about Moneyball, And what I tell them is the game would end, You know, whoever won the game, everybody high-fives, shakes hands, everybody leaves, fans leave. And a lot of time when I'm doing the post-game show, the stadium's just empty except Clay Wood and his staff working on the field. But the filming of Moneyball, I would sit there and watch them as I'm taking the phone calls. I'm sitting there watching them basically turn the stadium back into 2002, right? So you got to put the outfield wall that now has to say Fox Sports the way it used to in 2002. The scoreboards would change. The Montreal Expos all of a sudden were back in business. And Tampa – is back to being the Devil Rays and not the Rays. So it was like fascinating going, watching them trying to get everything correct and the way the outfield wall was different back then on how high it was or low it was in certain points. And then you got all the extras that are coming in and you got the players and they're filming. That's what I saw, but I'm doing the post game show. What was it like for you, the filming of the movie Moneyball and just having to make all that happen?
1: Well, the uh, the whole thing started. It was uh, it was MLK Day, and uh, I think it was 2010 or 2009, 2010 or 2009. And I had the day off from work, and uh, Billy Bean called me, and he said, "Can you come down to the stadium today? We're gonna do. We're gonna have a meeting with uh, Bennett Miller and Brad Pitt. Bennett Bennett Miller being the uh, director, and Brad Pitt being obviously Brad Pitt. I've heard of him." So, uh, I said, well, I guess I can take today, uh, go back into work today on that, um, uh, on that issue. So I came down here and th- and when that happened, I said, cause I heard a lot about this possibly happened. And I said, yeah, right. But, uh, the fact that we were meeting directly, just the four of us, uh, to talk about stuff, um, this was real all of a sudden. So, so that started it. And then I got to meet the, uh, production crew people and then, uh, they had a couple more scouting events out out at the stadium prior to them, you know, setting the schedule and everything. And I do remember um I was on a golf cart with Brad Pitt, just the two of us, and we had a uh, high school baseball game going on at the stadium that day. And they had a food stand open uh right, right below where my office is here at section 121. And uh Brad Pitt said to me, um uh, Hey, uh, Renetti, would you like a hot dog? I go, yeah, I'd like a hot dog. But can I tell my friends that Brad Pitt bought me a hot dog? He goes, yeah, sure. No problem. So, so that was, so then once again, I knew this was getting real. So, uh, so they did the scouting events and then, um, then we set up the schedule and it was, I think 11 days straight starting at the end of August, I believe in early, maybe it was the end of, yeah, end of August and early September. And uh, the A's finished a road trip on a Sunday. And then we were going to be gone until like at least for seven or eight days. And uh, so right after that game ended, like you said, they came in here and they changed all the pads on the outfield wall. Uh, They had to rewire lighting throughout. And so they did all this stuff to make it look like it was back to 2002. And then when the actual filming started, they had all these production people come in. And they had, you know, they put out something to have fans come be a part of the movie and they gave you hot dogs and soda or whatever. And so they had all the people they were coordinating out in the stands and they started filming from 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. for the night shots. And then that went all the way through while the team was away. And then when the team came back, we had a couple of night games. So they filmed some stuff during the daytime. Uh, But it was just incredible. It It was it was a ton of work. It was a ton of fun to be a part of it. But uh but uh for all the work they did over that eleven days, I think they only took about two minutes of film from there to put in the movie.
0: But more importantly, you had a hot dog with Brad Pitt.
1: I did. I did. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's pretty I mean that's something like oh you you know Brad Pitt? Well yeah, we've had a hot dog together
1: in my office here if anyone ever came by my <laughs> my, my office was uh actually uh, the office that they modeled the movie over for brad pitt so they took my office here at the coliseum and they made a prototype at culver city at the uh at the uh studio um but so there was one scene where they shot from down in section 121 looking up into my office and that night it's like two in the morning Both Brad Pitt and uh, Jonah Hill were here in my office while I was outside the door. Uh, So I have a photo in my office signed by the two of those guys from that night. So that's pretty cool. You know, you got so many people
0: that bag on the Coliseum. And I think for someone like yourself and so many people, I just think about myself, you know, all all the memories in my life of what happens at the Oakland Coliseum, uh, whether it's, you know, for me, whether it's A's related, it's, it's Raiders related, all my time with the Raiders and working in the NFL, you know, at some point we won't have the Coliseum. I remember uh, I said goodbye to my father right before they put him in hospice at the Coliseum. I have a lot of deep-rooted memories at this place, so it's always tough for me to, to bag on it. We need a new place and we need to get out of here when yet, Some of the biggest moments of my life, of my career, uh, have happened at the Coliseum. And i got to think, for you, being around it much longer than I have, I mean, you're going back to 1981, and then even as a kid growing up. um, What does this old building mean to you?
1: Well, I I have a lot of pride, and I have a lot of, obviously I have a ton of memories of this place, but this has been my life for the last 42 years. The Oakland Coliseum has been my life. And there's no other place like this place and there's no other history like this place with the A's, with the Raiders, with the concerts that have been here over time. Shoot. There was one, one year we had the stones and Bruce Springsteen and, and Pink Floyd and you uh, two. I mean, all these, I mean, just the memories that have happened here, the people that you meet along the way um, you know, my whole life is revolved around the Oakland Coliseum. So, and, and I take pride because I've been involved in, just about everything done here to make this place better over the last many years. But I've been, I've had my, I have my stamp on this place and it means a lot to me. And I'll, I will tell you that uh, when we do leave from this place at some point, I will miss it because it has been such a big part of my life and it has been my life for so long.
0: Yeah, no question about it. Uh, And then on the flip side of that to open a new stadium, to where now everything works, right? I know they do that. Uh, they flush all the toilets at one time at a new stadium. I remember when they did that at Levi Stadium when they opened it up. When you, I mean, there's all the things that you do. You never play the first game there. Like, you allow, like, you have some events, right? Like, over when they opened Pac Bell Park, they had high school games first. They'd allow some people to come in. Just the whole new process. I know you've probably thought about it. What do you think that will be like for you to open up a brand new building?
1: I I look – I mean, I've been waiting for this for many, many years, and I look so forward to it. And I know that it's never just simple like open the door and everything's going to work right. I'm talking to friends and, uh, and people that have opened up new buildings. You have other challenges that happen as well. So nothing usually goes perfect, but I look so forward to um, – to what that would be like. And I will reach out to my friends that have been through this because I have many that have opened up new places and have new buildings and, uh, and they will give me some insight on how things went, but I, I look, I look forward to it.
0: Yeah, it is going to be amazing. And let's end on this, your love for this organization. I mean, you're a guy that's never had to have a resume I mean, let's face it. You I've got know,
1: one, but I don't need it.
0: Yeah, you, what do you need it for? I mean, for God's <laughs> sakes, I mean, you, 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 you're a part of just not like some guy who's worked for the A's and's going to have a, 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 a nice retirement. The A's have been your life, and you're a part of this family. Like, And that's why I wanted to open up with, with Steve Vucinich and Keith Littman because they're the same way. Their entire adult life has been the Oakland Athletics. When you think about that family and what it means to you, not just you, but your entire family, what does it mean to you to be a part of the A's family?
1: It's the biggest honor I've ever had. Um, Well, being uh, being in my own family obviously is my biggest honor. But being in this family with all the people that I've met along the way, all of the friends I've made along the way, all of the experiences that I've had along the way – is you know i i you know i don't i don't even know what to say cuz it's so powerful and so great so um i love being a part of it i've always loved being a part of it and uh a recent f- uh former manager of ours uh when he when he left and bob melvin when he left and went to san diego i sent him a text congratulating him and he said uh he said you're green and gold never forever and so am i So I thought that was pretty cool.
0: No doubt about it. Well, my friend, thank you so much for taking the time. I know how busy you are, but I I, I really felt like if we're going to start this out, you're the number one guy we have to have because not only what you do is a special job, but also your relationship with everybody in this organization, your relationship with the fan base. Uh, There's no one like you in this organization. So if we're going to start an inside the A's, it had to be you.
1: As I said, I'm honored, very, very honored, and uh, I also look forward to going back to Tokyo with you, my friend, at some point. When's our ne- <laughs>
0: I've been hearing there's an international trip maybe coming up. Is that true? I don't know.
1: I don't know, but I hope so. So, <laughs> well, be
0: well, my friend. Thank you I so will. much. You take care, and w- and not only I but
1: all the fans will see you at the ballpark. You got it, and I look forward to all of it. Thank you.
0: And thank you to everybody for listening and watching our first ever Inside the A's right here on A's Cast.
1: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it.